the jump page. I'm Andy Fitzpatrick. Uh, my co-host Jennifer Bowman is not here today um, for some unknown reason. Uh, she works in mysterious ways, and uh, and uh, no, she just isn't isn't here for this episode. So coming up, you're going to hear my interview with Penelope Orgazzi, a barn theater producer and uh, the star of their current show, Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame, Robert Newman. Robert Newman was also on uh, the soap opera Guiding Light, and uh, I'm sure if you watch that, you'd recognize him. And he's, and he's popped up in, in like a million things. Uh, if you go look at his, you know, like his IMDB page or something like that, uh, you'll see this huge list of stuff from big budget movies where he's, where he's had small roles to uh, every, it seems like every procedural crime procedural TV show where he's uh, shown up in a role uh, and um, uh, things like that. So uh, tons of stage work. He's one of those sort of uh, uh, workman actors. You know, he's, he's really into the craft, uh, it seems like, for the sake of it, and um, has a lot to say about acting and why he likes coming to Augusta, to the Barn Theater, to act in shows there. So that's the interview today. We did record this just before uh, Hunchback opened, so it's actually already premiered and is the current show now. All right, I'm here with uh, Robert Newman, the actor who will be appearing in The Hunchback of Notre Dame at the Barn Theater. Um, I suddenly blanked on this <laughs> June 13th is when it opens. Uh, and you'll be playing Frollo, right? Is that my pronunciation? Frollo. Frollo? Claude okay. Frollo, yes. And uh, Penelope Ragazzi of the Barn Theater is also yeah. with us. Who oh. I will not be playing. <laughs> <laughs> right. I thought of understudying him, and uh, nobody went for it. Right. How's it going, guys? It's good. good. It's going really good, yeah. Good. yeah. Now, Robert, you're no stranger to the barn. You've been here a number of times. Um, mm-hmm. The Inquirer's interviewed you a number of times for That's it, I true. think. Yes. Uh, so we'll, we'll st- start off right with this. Why come back here? Why do you like the barn and performing here? Well, um, as many people know, this is where I you know, got my equity card in 1981 <laughs> as an apprentice. So there's a little bit of a homecoming feeling to me whenever I work here at the barn. Um, uh, in addition to that, though... I love coming back here because I know that what they do here, they're going to do really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I work in some theater situations where it, not everything goes that great, you know. Um, I really want to ask about stories. But <laughs> weirdly, more in off-Broadway situations than anything else that happens, where you've got a new play and new people, and it's it's you know things kind of limp along. But mm-hmm. but here they have such a gifted um, equity. Um, resident cast, uh, starting with Eric Parker and Samantha Rickard and all these guys, and Charlie King, who I adore, and Penelope Alex, who mm-hmm. I adore, and uh, and then they bring in these fantastic uh, apprentices, twenty-two or three, something three. like that. Yeah, that uh, you know they're all at different stages in their learning process, but they're all they all have the skills that you know that that give them a good base to start off with and you can just it's really exciting to see where people are going mm-hmm. people that I might have worked with two years ago where they are today or last year where they are now and, um, and then the people that put together the sets and the lighting and the sound and terrific directors and producers and you know it's just a really lovely place to work and it feels a little bit like a, like a home to me a second home to me when I come here and it seems like it's good for you too, even though you've got, um, you, even though you're more experienced, that that you're seeing younger people 
come up and seeing them sort of learn and grow as well, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. It, it, I, I don't know of many other places in the country anymore that really have that kind of a program, outside, no, outside of obviously a university or something not like that, but not a, a, a professional equity uh, house mm -hmm. that is putting on these you know, big productions and at the same time uh, training uh, young performers uh, up to be... Um, uh, not just good, not just skilled at what they do in terms of uh, voice and dance and that kind of thing, but but also a, a, an added level of respect for the entire process. Mm -hmm. uh, I've uh, I've always said about my years as apprentice here that it it showed me so many different aspects of what have to happen and happen really well in order to make uh, a season happen. And and you know, as actors, we, we tend to think that you know we're the we're it we're yeah. the we're the most important component, and there's just it's just simply not true. Every component is important. It's it's like trying to say in a symphony that the that the uh, you know the string section is more important than the wood section. It just isn't. Right. They, they we all have to come together in this way to make something really powerful and, and poignant. Penelope, what's it like to to sit here and, and listen uh, to Robert say that? I mean, it's got to feel good having yeah. this, this guy that that. Came up here and yeah, it's other fantastic. Things. Well, and we have such a great rapport on stage too, so it's just sort of completely flushed out, you know, mm -hmm. our friendship, mm -hmm. which is great. Um, and you know what he just touched on, being the actor quickly realizing they're just a cog in that wheel. If they can't see you or hear you, they can't appreciate you. Right. So as much as you might be doing a great job up there, if you're in. <laughs> you know, if you're not in the right costume, if you're not seen, if you're not heard correctly, all of that, you know, it, it all works together. But, yeah, it's incredibly gratifying to have someone, you know, want to come back, um, whether year after year, every few years or whatever. And um, it just, you know, it's just sort of a win, win, win. We get Robert. Robert perhaps gets to do, do roles that, um, that maybe someone wouldn't see him in, in New York. And then ultimately he's fine-tuning uh, perhaps an audition later that he's doing. And then the audience gets to, gets to see Robert, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it, and it happens here with some frequency. I mean, uh, Kim Zimmer jumps to mind right away. Yeah, every now and then she comes um, back to you know, it's great. <laughs> I mean, so you had a number of people that, that yeah. kind of go through this yeah, as well. Yeah, we're, so. we're very lucky. And, you know, yeah. um, it's that, it's that rapid-fire 11-day rehearsal yeah. that... Um, that is exciting as well. Just mm -hmm. sort of all the way around. Right? Terrifying. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, exciting. And yeah, exciting. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a big, big train that's yeah. moving and you jump on. You hope to God you stay on. And right. we do, you know, thank God. So, uh, so talking about Hunchback, we should specify this is Disney's The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Well, actually, um, there are, it is based on the movie. It's more based on the Victor Hugo Novel. Oh, okay. And Disney has some of their songs and some of their new and new songs in it from the same writing team okay. that did the animated feature, but they don't really necessarily put their stamp on it. Really, you know, like it was last year. It was called Disney's The Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. Disney's Newsies is this summer, but this is The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Right. And it says based on the Victor Hugo novel with Disney songs. And new mm -hmm. songs, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think they claim it, but, uh, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. all a rights thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's darker. You know, it's not, it's yeah. it's a bit different. It's a lot different. A bit different. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit <laughs> the Victor there, Hugo, The Victor Hugo novel, uh, who also, of course, wrote Les Miserables. You know, it, it's, a, it's a pretty uh, dark uh, journey into obsession, 
into um, prejudice, uh, you know, being afraid of people who are unlike us from foreign lands. Who, you know, there, there's a lot of really deep, Layers. heavy stuff in this. Mm-hmm. The, the role that I play in particular, uh, he is the archdeacon uh, of the cathedral, and he uh, is going along through his life thinking that if he is always good and does the right thing and places himself morally above others that God will love him. Mm-hmm. And then this uh, gypsy comes into his world that he becomes obsessed with and his his whole structure of religion falls to pieces. You know, I, I myself am a Christian by faith and, uh, you know, I feel like this is something we see frequently in, mm-hmm. in the church. So there's something that's very powerful about that message. Mm-hmm. How do you get into that headspace of... Um performing as someone who's doing yeah, right. doing like a he's not a nice guy no, <laughs> who's doing questionable things you know. well you, first of all you never approach a bad guy as a bad guy that's that's a general rule of thumb mm-hmm. on the stage i remember years ago seeing anthony hopkins being interviewed on i think on carson actually back when carson was around uh, talking about playing Hitler, <laughs> and he was saying, you know, kind Hit- of a bad guy. <laughs> Hitler didn't think he was the bad guy. Right. Hitler thought he was saving the world right. by doing these horrific acts, but he thought that he was doing the right thing. And and that really is all the way down the line. Whether I'm playing Sidney Brule in Death Trap, or whether I'm playing uh, even Captain Hook and Peter Pan, or <laughs> some of the roles I've done on television. You know, I played a. On Homeland, I played a banker who finances terrorists. You know, I mean, you, you always approach it from the idea that what you are doing is right and good and everybody else is messed up. And that's exactly true for Claude Frollo. Uh, so when he sees more grace and forgiveness in Quasimodo and in Esmeralda than he himself has experienced in his own life, you know, the, the, um, the obvious parallel for... Uh, Hugo would be Les Miserables, mm-hmm. where you see Javert thinking he's so much more holier than thou, than, uh, than uh, um, um, just one other hand, Valjean, and he is struck with such despair by the time when he finally realizes that he's the bad guy, that's when he throws himself off <laughs> a bridge takes right? yeah. and takes his own life, because his whole, again, his whole, the whole structure of his faith has just been shattered, mm-hmm. and he realizes he's been leading this false and fake life mm-hmm. even with that that level of complexity to that character is it is it true what they say that that playing a, a villain type role is more fun yeah <laughs> well it depends i mean oh, no, it is. one of my all-time favorite roles here was captain hook and peter pan and, and i've always said to people about that it, it it's it, 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 it there's a, a, a two sides to that role uh, and they're both problematic for the same reasons. One is, you can get away with anything in that role. I mean, uh, Roy Brown, who played uh, Smee with me in that, he and I were coming up with bit after bit after bit. But that actually becomes the problem for the actor later, because mm-hmm. at some point you really have to tell the story. Mm-hmm. And so we were actually cutting out the chunk that we had thrown into the role. But that's the kind of bad guy that you play, or, or again, back to Sidney Brule and Death Tap. That's the kind of bad guy that you kind of can play and just enjoy the yeah. sort of awfulness of him you know yeah uh frollo's a much more again because he thinks he's such a good man and he it's not till later that he realizes that in some ways he really isn't yeah it's much more conflicted than a mustache twirling sort of absolutely yeah it's still fun yeah i mean it's i I have to give a shout out uh to captain hook because uh so i have a daughter and she's uh uh 
seven now, and from like the ages of like five to to about now, she's been obsessed with Captain Hook, and we're not sure <laughs> how it started or why it started, but she just kind of glommed on to him. And uh, last year we went to Disney World, and um, we were just watching one of the parade. We were the several hundred parades that they have, and uh, there was the Captain Hook actor on the Peter Pan float when it came. And she ran out into the streets and said, Captain Hook, I've been looking everywhere for you. Because you don't see He's not one of the guys that you yeah, see a lot. Yeah. And he did like this little heart thing with his hook. <laughs> that, that. That's fantastic. So we have, so in my family, we have a special love for Captain Hook. Well, he so is a, a, so a likable bad guy. I mean, I'm going to tell her I met Captain well, Hook today. And I can actually tell you a similar story because the very first musical I ever remember seeing as a kid was Peter Pan. Yeah. And uh, and I was so much drawn into it, and and we listened to it, you know, the soundtrack of it constantly in our house. We had soundtracks to that, to Fiddler, oh. to uh, um, uh, La Mancha. My oh my god, my family was like a big soundtrack. My okay. stepmom was a huge Streisand fan, so we had you know all of her stuff, and we had you know. And now you're an actor. But yeah. when I was playing Hook here. Uh, I would stand backstage and watch scenes that I wasn't in and get all weepy about it because <laughs> it was it was touch, clearly touching and something something wow. in me that you know was touching me when I was a kid. So, wow! Wow! Yeah, it was great. Well, one of the things I was going to ask was: um, Is there an expectation with this show having been popularized by Disney for you know the audience? If you've got younger people coming to see it or people who might remember the movie. Oh, sure. Is there a pressure there to sort of like, no. okay, these people are going to be in the audience? No, you know, uh, no. I would not, say no. Okay. Not, not for really. me. Right. And, the, and I think that the beauty of that is um, there won't be any disappointment. People as the psychology is things that they might miss from a movie are in their heads and it's a very, very wide, um, complete experience for them mm-hmm. um, well and I don't even think they, it was structured in the same no, way like right. if I think no. about I remember seeing the musical Beauty and the Beast on Broadway and then seeing the film and it really did uh, I'm doing it backwards seeing the the film the, the, film, mm-hmm. the animated version and then the musical and they really paralleled so many things in yeah. an incredibly clever way right I don't really think that that was the goal with yeah. this one. I don't think that they were trying to do good, yeah, think, take everything on the film and make it on the stage. I think the good I, I news is that really a God Help the Outcasts and Out There, songs that they are so iconic from that animated feature, are here. Mm-hmm. So if people expect that and, and want that, they absolutely are fulfilled that way. Right. So it's nice. Right. Yeah. And this is one of the backstage experience shows as well, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. you're going to have people coming in and seeing how it's put together right, and that sort of thing. Right, so they're getting exactly. that sort of pre-knowledge as well uh-huh, that uh-huh. way. Um, well, I didn't know that going in because I, I haven't seen the stage show, so I, <laughs> I didn't know how close to the movie it was or not. Uh, but we're going to do the same way because I came up with a list of some Disney films and I'm going to ask you if you think they could be stage shows. Oh, right. So, okay, good. Give me your, your professional theater opinion. So, the first one is Tron. No, could my, that be a you know, that's show? one of those things where the minute you would hear like Tron the musical, you'd be like, oh, wow, that's really going to yeah, fail. No. Yeah, right, right, right. I say, I don't know. That's a no for me. Right. I think it's a no just, for Robert. You can just tell that's it. But you know, in this day and age where they're making musicals out of every freaking movie on the that's planet, right. it'd be like yeah. Tron the musical wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Right. A lot of those lines, uh, 
Did you try out for the Spider-Man show? Because you have a connection. <laughs> I did not. No, you were in one of the movies. I did not. Were. I would like to have, but no. right. Right. Sure. although I hear if you were in that show, you had a good chance of being hurt, <laughs> so yeah, physically yeah, yeah, harmed. Yeah. So maybe not. Luckily, you were not in that show. <laughs> yeah. You weren't suspended fifty feet in the air. Yeah. Uh, any of the Pirates movies? Pirates of the Caribbean movies? Oh, well, sure. that's a better idea. Sure. Yeah. I think the first one. Let's not you know delve into right. the. You know, confusion that is the third and the fourth and the yeah yeah. yeah. So well, because so. even if you back to Peter Pan and then you go to Pirates of Penzance, there's been some pretty yeah. pretty there's fun great pirate musicals out yeah, there. Yeah, so. yeah. I assume we're talking musicals on these. Well, yeah, yeah, because that's how the Disney thing has been doing it. So sure. In that hypothetical situation, being Trump. handed a show or, or <laughs> I'm still <laughs> I, I had that. Sorry, I love. Really I'm a totally <laughs> kid of the '80s. That's why I grew up. So Tron is like right there. In my wow. <laughs> Uh, no, but something like pirate. I mean, being handed something like that, or choosing to do a show like that, and that, you know, thinking about people turning into skeletons—that's mm-hmm. a stage Very challenge. Cool. It's, that would be so cool. Yeah, yeah, and, and on Broadway, of course, they would have a, a gazillion ways to sort of make that happen with with lighting and with costumes and with makeup yeah. and and with all that all that magic. Right, much like cool. Ghost. They oh did, right, that's. That yeah. I'd have to yeah. wait. Which you guys are great. I'd have to wait for. Oh, uh, maybe not this. No, yeah, I'd want to play the Jeffrey Rush character. That's. The oh yeah, that's the. That's yeah. the best oh, one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. In my that's younger days, I'd want to be the Johnny Depp thing, but uh, yeah, well, Jack Sparrow. But, shoot, yeah. I want to be the Don- Johnny Depp. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually totally played did. Captain Hook, sort of. Yeah, yeah, Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was kind of there with that. Keith Richards, you know, it was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you have to do that one so you can get Keith Richards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Could that be a set? Oh, yeah. Musical? I think that yeah. could work. I'm thinking oversized that'd a, props. That'd be a set nightmare, but yeah. I mean, it you could see work. it's in Disney World, you know, it's there, and so you sort of have right. that in your head of, oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be cute. Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right, that's all I'm going to make you do. So. Going down to the rest of the season, uh-huh. um, well, we'll start off with this. Why was uh, Notre Dame the, the one you wanted to open the season with? How did that come about? Well, because we wanted Robert to open the season, mm-hmm. is what it, it would come down to, you know, first thing. Secondly, it's just sort of a great title, and um, it's that glorious, sweeping, you know, hey, get back into the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we wanted a big show to open the season. We wanted Robert... And he fits so well with this character. Not that he's a bad there guy. Are some, there are some beautiful, beautiful orchestrations and melodies in this. I mean, yeah. even the opening sequence it's on epic. it, it just takes your breath away. They did a little preview of it at the gala the other night. And uh, and uh, I was actually sitting, hanging out in the back of the house watching it. And I was like, wow, this is really this really lifts you up out of your seat. So beautiful. It's really beautiful, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it's an inspiring show on so many levels that we it just it's a good fit. You know, yeah. all the way around. So, uh, Buddy, the Buddy Holly story, yeah. is that the next one? This yeah, comes that's, up next, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, on uh, June 27th to July 7th. Okay. I want to say 9th. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a website where everyone can go. There can sure see is, thank God. Uh, yeah, and that's one of those, you know, just the either the Rat Packy or the just nostalgic. Those musicals are um, are so popular now, and they're such feel good musicals. Mm-hmm. They really are. And this is one that hasn't been done um, around here, so we you know we sort of jumped on it, yeah. and it's selling just right out the door, mm-hmm. which is which is really really gratifying. And it has you know it has the story of Buddy, of course, and wall to wall hits, Peggy Sue, all you know. Yeah. 
great, great, great. And then the last scene is a concert with R- Richie Valens and La Bamba and the um, the big bopper That's right. and him. And obviously, it's the day the music died, mm-hmm. if you will. It's about sort of how that happened and his life. Uh, be- Obviously, before that. Right, yeah. Really? <laughs> Leading up to yeah, that. What? It's not all the plane crash. <laughs> yeah, so the plane, uh, that'll be tricky. <laughs> did it actually, is the song The Day the Music Died actually in it? No. Oh, okay. No, it's about it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Because that song's yeah. too long. American Pie. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we don't have an extra, you know, nine and a half minutes or whatever it is. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it's it's a super, just, just really a good good show to do and you got people you know why we chose it I mean and people are just going to be wanted to dance in the aisles which is really fun yeah it's one of those things where you got to imagine you're going to get people who who know the music already are oh. so familiar with it that they're like we got to see how this and oddly enough my 17 year old son who's our, our third I said something about Buddy Holly and I said you know what and I took my phone and I said listen to this song and he just immediately starts singing along and I said wait 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 how do you know this he's like I have no idea <laughs> and then of course for him it was like I think it was on a family Family Guy episode. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. He's like, yeah, I know different lyrics. I was like, yeah, don't, we don't need to share those. Yeah, yeah, right, right. right. Um, so it is very widespread and very still today that these songs are are out there, which is nice. It spans about four generations or four decades. Yeah, you know, well, obviously four decades, um, but people all ages really like it. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, we will rock you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music of Queen. Do I have the title right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's we will rock you. That's the next one. That's a very similar, a different show, but very similar you in know, the sense it's, that it's cute because what they what they're doing in that musical is there's this killer queen. Obviously, you get that <laughs> sure. song well in place, mm-hmm. and they've taken away all music and all instruments, and then you have this guy Galileo. Bohemian Rhapsody song, sure, right? Right, right? Who saves all the Bohemians who are kept underground? You know, well, their their uh, music ability and their love for music is kept very underground, and uh, and it's challenged. You know, the kids, the Bohemians challenge the Queen and and her people, and I, she just wants to keep them down, yeah. I guess. Um, but it's cute. It's really cute, and it's and it's. Queen has such a theatricality about it anyway that it lends itself yeah. really beautifully yeah. to doing to doing this show. Queen in general, the band was halfway a stage show. You're right. <laughs> anyway, I so mean, it's, yeah. Well, and, and also having all those voices up there, you know, there were songs that Queen couldn't do live uh, in the same way that they were recorded because they they had themselves recorded like each one of them recorded like ten tracks of right. them doing different harmonies they were highly and stuff. Produced. Yeah. So yeah. with this with. The, the ability to have 20 people on stage doing all of these parts, I think, would be fantastic. Yeah, and there's no one Freddie Mercury character. Okay. You know, which yeah. is what people ask, too. Well, you got to have that, sort guy, of expect, yeah. that guy that sings that really well. It's like, well, no, it's, it's shared quite beautifully mm-hmm. in the... In the uh, Sounds like a really great idea. And yeah, with, with yeah, that, isn't it? With that one in Buddy, uh, how are those set up in terms of the actual instrument? I mean, are people playing instruments on the stage, in like Buddy, a band? Or? In Buddy, they are, okay. um, in theory. And, you know, <laughs> Hasn't been cast yet. <laughs> fake it really, really well, right. um, if they can't play. Right. Um, Queen, no, that's all orchestration. Okay. You know, below us, sure. aside, wherever we put the orchestra. Um, but Buddy is some live, yeah, some live playing. Very cool. So very, very cool. You need some players. So you need some actors that can play or some yeah. players that can act, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which one do you prefer? Do you know any? <laughs> no, I don't. I, you don't know any? I don't know any, oh, sorry. Great. I know lots of musicians. <laughs> yeah. I know lots of actors. Yeah. But I don't know. yeah, we're hot on the trail of a lot of those players, so that's, it's very cool. Yeah. Uh, the Lion and Winter, July 25th. Yeah, and that's another one that Robert's coming back right. for so. with the Kim Zimmer. 
We'll just call her the Kim Zo. The Kim How Zo. about that? Mm-hmm. I'm just realizing that I'm going to be able to see the, uh, Five the final dress week. rehearsal mm-hmm. of Buddy Holly, and then I'll be able to see... The, the uh, Queen We Will Rock book. You, and then. Yeah, you'll be able to see five shows. Newsies, this I'll be summer. able to see also. Mm-hmm. I'm making out like a band. And I've seen Rent already here, actually, right. in a shop show. So yeah. I'll be able to see everything. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> this will be and my most complete really viewing important. season at that's the barn. <laughs> no, I'm excited by that. I know, isn't that great? Because what you just described on the Queen thing, I'm like, I think I, I want to see, see that. that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really yeah. interesting. Yeah. And it works. It's cool. And so, Lion in Winter. Yeah, it's interesting because you're coming off. Pop. Those musicals, pop, musicals. pop musicals, and in, in, into this kind of heavy story, right? Well, I the mean, good thing know, is that it's so comedic too. There's yeah, such right. a lovely side of fantastic writing in that show with this dynamic duo. So it just is a great. It's just a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I um, <laughs> it's interesting when I when I wrote up the uh, when you sent out the press release for the season, mm-hmm. and I wrote that up and threw it up on our website. Um, there were some comments from people on our Facebook page underneath saying, wait, why is this being described as a comedy? This is a really heavy show. And I, and I haven't seen the, I, I've never seen the stage show. I've, I saw the movie many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit but, of a different, you know, but vibe. My memory is that there is, it's funny. Of course it is. Yeah. There's a, you know, a weird reaction from people. I was actually looking at that dialogue yesterday. Yeah. Um, as if I don't have enough on my plate, but I was like, oh, I think I'll look right. at some of this stuff. <laughs> and, um, there's just something incredibly clever in the structure of the dialogue. Yeah. Um, that, that, you know, every once in a while you get something and you're thinking, man, I can't wait to say these words on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and sometimes it happens with musicals. I remember feeling that way about Fiddler because I grew up with Fiddler. And also uh, La Mancha. I remember feeling mm-hmm. that way about La Mancha. But uh, this play, I mean, I, I'm really excited about, um, about striking up some of these... Uh, Scenes and, yeah. and really flying through some of this because it's very it's incredibly smart dialogue and some of it is wickedly funny, mm-hmm. unexpectedly, I think in a right. way right yeah. absolutely you know, perfectly her famous line you know I have a confession to make I don't like our children very much. <laughs> You've got you know, King Henry who's um, got three sons, none of whom he really likes very much, who all want to be his successor, mm-hmm. and he brings back his uh, wife who's been he's who he's kept in prison for 10 years for because she tried to uh, dethrone him at one point for a sort of a Christmas holiday to figure out who's going to be the next king of England and uh, yeah it, there it's not that there's not drama in it but I, I always feel that some of the greatest dramas have have a lot of comedy in them yeah you know uh, you've something like steel magnolias which you've done so brilliantly before you know th- there's a lot of pain in that piece Right. Yeah, and it, and yet there is an impossible comedy that's so such a joy to hear. Yeah. And I feel like with Lion in Winter, there's there's yeah, it's for it's a very accessible piece. I think of it as sort of a you know one of America one of one of this country's America's best shot at like a Shakespeare style piece where you have still got kings right. and queens and dukes and mm-hmm. you know all this stuff going on, but but you're not encumbered by. Uh, you know, if you don't have a good ear for hearing Shakespeare's dialogue, it's 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 tougher for you to just to be a, a, a viewer of that piece. But this piece is incredibly accessible. You yeah. know, you, there's no point when you don't know what's happening and yeah, why. Yeah, there are no rhyming. It's very or in, <laughs> right. incredibly honest exploration of a husband and wife who love each other and hate each other at the same time. Right. And hmm. and are and have these <laughs> again these three boys who just they just want to strangle half the time. <laughs> um, 
Newsies. Is that the, oh, Newsies. I forgot mm-hmm. to write that down. Disney's oh my gosh, Newsies. Yeah. What's the date on that? August 8th. August 8th. 20th. Newsies, yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> another Disney one. <laughs> you just can't go away from it. Right. You know, and that's, and that's one of those that's a whole lot of dance. And, you know, there's nothing, there's just nothing cooler than a bunch of guys up there singing, yeah. dancing on paper. No, but, um, <laughs> but it's just, it's, that's just a fantastic David and Goliath story that you just end up rooting for these guys. And yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. Another, you know, just great, I gotta say, adaptation from the movie. And then to stage, it works very, very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and our guys are pretty excited about that. So and as a newspaper employee, yeah. I fully support <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> this show. Exactly. Everyone should go see it and then go buy a newspaper right. after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, it, is it like you were describing with uh, Notre Dame in that it, it, it changes from the film version? Are there a lot of different qualities to it, or is no, it pretty close? Know, it's very similar. Okay. Yeah, you have the... the Pulitzer, you have him you know, just sort of strong arming right. everyone, and the kids going, "Wait, wait. you know," and they, uh, <laughs> you know, that, right? <laughs> um, and they they band together and they strike and um, they make their voices heard. And so another just sort of great be a community, work together mm-hmm. lesson in there. Right. Interesting side note: both Hunchback and Newsies were developed uh, and and first shown at the same theater. Uh, in New Jersey, Paper Mill Playhouse oh, Paper Mill, did right. both of them. Okay, right. Uh, I don't know why that's interesting. To me, <laughs> well, no, well, they launch a lot of just great shows yeah, they there. Do. Yeah. Really cool. Well, I think that's something people, the general public, may not know that that these smaller theaters. I mean, I don't know that theater, but um, I think people think of big shows as oh, it must have the very first time it was performed. It must have been in this huge Broadway production. Well, and, and, and that goes back to the you know out of town tryout thing. Yeah, and so. Right. Paper Mill has become is becoming one of those places that New, uh, yeah yeah Newsies went from Paper Mill to Broadway right Hunchback they decided to circumvent Broadway and they just sent it out to the world okay. basically mm-hmm. yeah. La Jolla Playhouse is another Jolla. another great you know kind of uh, proving ground for shows and La, uh, La Hunch hmm. um, <laughs> Hunchback went there as well and uh, yeah just a really beautiful beautiful production it worked out a lot of the kinks I imagine right. you know. Yeah. All right. Am mm-hmm. I, is there another one I forgot? To yeah, there's down. rent. Why did, how did uh-huh. I not? That's all right. <laughs> I wrote the pre- I saw the whole press release and wrote a whole thing. Yeah, about anyway, about. Um, so rent. August yeah, twenty second through September third. That'll wrap up the main stage um, playing right. season. And you know, we just that show is just so near and dear to our heart because of Jonathan Larson being a Barney, mm-hmm. and um, and you guys crossed over, didn't you? You and John. Yeah, we yeah. myself and Jonathan and Marin Maisie and Scott Burkell were all. Uh, apprentices. We've got our equity card. I think that's somewhere. Eighty-one. Yeah. yeah. Imagine you did. Yeah. In yep. Rent really broke through to the public consciousness too. It was one of those shows that just everyone, even if they haven't mm-hmm. seen it, they they know They've the songs. Heard of it. Yeah. Yes. And not that the movie really kind of did that for people, but uh, no, it I, did. no, I think it, it was. Did. Yeah. It yeah. did as well. But the Broadway show, it was just did a nice job on that film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Groundbreaking in in just sort of a lot of ways of talking about certain subjects and bringing them just right in your face. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, in a very smart way. And Jonathan, uh, well, actually, as a side note, Scott Raquel, being good buddies with Jonathan Larson for so long, watched the many incarnations that the show became. Mm-hmm. And, and he went to a lot of rehearsals, and he said, oh, my goodness, it's very, it's very tame compared to what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of right on stage, <laughs> right, right. watching people, you know, kind of go through their uh, monkey on their back. And, 
yeah. said, this is the gentle version. Um, <laughs> and I just think that that would be fascinating to see, you know, just all the way around uh, from page to stage of a Broadway show. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine the changes that it, that incur. Well, what do you? Uh, so, what's the version that you're doing? How do you how do you characterize that one? Well, it's the the version that everybody does. Okay, it's not the you know Rent Junior, which is beyond me why there's a Rent Junior <laughs> is it actually called Rent Junior yes oh. well there's other shows that do that and there are many 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 shows there's other shows that have like a high school particular. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. I just, yeah, yeah, I can't yeah I can't wrap my mind around that one um, <laughs> yeah um, it's it's you know you, you go to the leasing house and they give you they give you rent mm-hmm. there aren't any other any other versions okay yeah alright um the Christmas show yeah. is in December. Yes, it is. What will that be for people who have never attended one? Well, I mean, the great thing about the Christmas show is that it is it is Christmas. It's mm-hmm. not holiday. It's Christmas. Okay. And people uh, latch onto that. I'm doing it for three weekends this year. I don't think my husband heard that, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. gotcha. And I bring, I bring about six, seven people. Um, there are times when I'm in the show, uh, Charlie King's in the show, and then we'll have, we'll have six interns. And it's, it's just fantastic. I, I gotta say, um, the arrangements that I'm able to find and just sort of turn out, um, the kids latch onto it, and it's a beautiful night. And mm. it's just a great way to usher in the holiday and to keep in mind really sort of what it's about. Right. You know, right. as you're rushing around buying presents, mm-hmm. you know, like we all do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to ask as a producer, is, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you're selecting shows, assume part of it is okay like rent you know it's one that calls us to mind part of it is a lot of people like this show sure. so this is a chance for us to sort of get our name out there a little bit more maybe or and something. A lot of not people, that people don't know you're here yeah but. yeah well you know you do have those people that have, i've driven by 25 times in, you know a day and i've never been inside um and rent it's that certain demographic you know that we're trying to get to come to theater and like it mm-hmm. to be honest and um, and you hope it brings them out those rock and roll shows and it's a whole lot of rock there's some season. similarity there too with having like me and Kim Kim and I mm. um, you know we don't get on stage together that often Guiding Light ended in 2009 and so there are a lot of people out there that once they get the idea that Josh and Reva are going to be on stage <laughs> together oh, yeah, no, it's they true. may see us in a well actually no I'm not sure that no, it won't be a different I'm not sure that Henry and Eleanor are too much different than Josh and Reva so it's going to be pretty similar but part of that hope is to bring in people that maybe have never been here before I've, I've experienced that with people after shows I've been in many times where they're like oh I've never been to this not only been to this theater before people have never been to the theater period and I think wow how do you get to be you know our age and like you've never been to a theater really and I just love that I love having that conversation because it's such an intimate experience for them and they're 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 so involved and they quickly realize so wait if I come see this show in two days, it'll be like a slightly different show. I'm like, yes, yeah. <laughs> right. and yeah. please come again. Right. But, yeah, right. You know, yeah. but um, that's what theater does for you. Uh, as much as you know, I don't like to think of it as you can't really say it's interactive that way. It's not like everyone gets on stage, um, but they're very much that another character, as Robert has said many times. They're they're an important important piece. We can't we certainly can't do it without them, of course. Right. But I mean, more than we even realize it's the audience is so um, you know affecting yeah and you know Robert and I said as we were if I may <laughs> tell everybody yeah. what we said about the gala there's a comfort in um, you rehearse and I'm very nervous when I rehearse for the company mm-hmm. yeah. but when the audience is there suddenly I'm like 
oh, it should totally be the other way around. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't think it's just here because I've been here for so long. Right. Um, Larry Gates, who played my great. father on Godding Light, he passed away a few years ago, but uh, he was one of these old theater guys, you know. And he used to say, he had a saying that they had back then, it will all come together on the night. Mm. And that's what I thought about with the gala. <laughs> it was like, this was a train wreck until right now. And now it's fantastic. Yeah, right? we had just like, a few. Uh, I mean, it all just like came together six on Six hours night. to rehearse this whole, well, you know, and, this and whole thing. The audience does play a part in that because we, we get a certain adrenaline rush, too, from having people there. And, mm-hmm. and when you can get... You know, when I see a show... Um, the televised version of Sound of Music. Uh, I thought there was some good things going on in there, but it was in a vacuum. Like all the humor was gone because they didn't have yeah. the audience there Those to play share. off of and mm-hmm. make it. Mm-hmm. Now somehow it can work in a film. I love the film of The Sound of Music, yeah. so it can work. But there's something about a live, especially when there's comedy involved, where you're just not getting that. There is a agreement between us that happens and if we're say something funny you laugh and if we sing something beautiful you cry and you know it's it's all very raw and real to me it's interesting to hear your opinions on that because because this this trend that started now with these networks doing these musicals even the ones they've done with the audience just kind of feel odd to me there yeah there's something dry there's something not you can't connect with somehow and I don't know, because you're so right. Sound of Music, the movie, um, I disagree with Rent. I feel like that was missing as well from Rent. But many, many films that are musicals are absolutely per- Mary Poppins. You know, they're Fantastic. Beautiful. One of my favorite films of all time. Right. But I feel like they, they know what they're doing with a the film. They know exactly what they're doing. But when they throw a musical comedy into it and decide mm-hmm. to capture that on film, they, they're two different mediums. That I just think they hit it pretty good with Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago to me worked pretty well on film. Oh, but that, but, but that was, yeah. a fi- you know, they weren't pretending that that was, you know. That's the thing. I just saw the new Beauty that. and the Beast. I okay. thought that, that the live action Beauty and the Beast, I think, mm-hmm. it actually is really mm-hmm. nice. Works well on film. Yeah, those network ones are weird because yeah. they're like, here's a play or a musical that we're presenting to you as a stage production filmed. As opposed to the movies where it's set Well, and they're also not taking an existing production. Right. Yeah, they're making you know, their own and they thing. and they start with we're going to put this star in it and this star in it and this star in it. Yeah, you know when you get I, I love Christopher Walken with all my heart, <laughs> but sure. uh, but midway through Peter Pan, I turned oh, to my wife and I said, "Well, uh, I don't I, I'm not sure what character he's playing, <laughs> but it's not Captain Hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's doing something yeah. up there, but I don't know what that you know. And so you kind yeah. of get this weird potential for failure because you've just taken a person out of their normal element, like Chris Walken. And you shove them into this thing, and it's or uh, Russell Crowe in Les Misérables was like, "What were you thinking? You know, why did you think that was a and good idea?" And although I think that that was beautifully filmed, and a lot of it really, was really, really nicely well. done. However, but, but when you miss, you miss, you yeah. know. And, yeah. and um, so I feel like the I, I'm I'm honestly a little concerned about them because I want to believe that by CBS or whoever putting doing these musicals, it's actually going to help live theater. And give people an idea of like, oh, I want to go see that. I'm not but so if, sure. But if I watched, but if the only live theater experience I had was watching, you know, Sound of Music, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I don't think I ever have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So and so I'm worried so about helpful. it because it's not really reflecting the joy and the and the life that occurs in, on live stage. Right. That yeah. you don't really get anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. That's a double-edged sword for yeah. sure. Because I mean, we all know that Grease, the movie, 
was fantastic. Well, yeah, it was it was a huge but cultural moment. I feel like they should stay and, in and that element. The plays. Yeah, the, the and the plays script. Works, but yeah. let's not film the play without an audience. Although they did have an audience. They did for, for that, Grace, and it's still kind of was. They were as though they were you know a quarter yeah. of a mile away. Not exactly. And I think yeah. some of it yeah. is that they throw it together in a relatively short period of time, and so a lot of those actors up there flying by the seat of their pants mm-hmm. and, you, and they've got you know uh, they probably got um, uh, teleprompters and stuff all over the place oh yeah so sure yeah because it's hard to do yeah. you know <laughs> what we do I mean I would day. love right. to do it's that mm-hmm. having said all that <laughs> of course yeah. that, I would totally thrive in that environment <laughs> I, I, the high wire act that I is one of my favorite things about being on stage even, mm-hmm. including a short rehearsal period where mm-hmm. you're kind of like Okay, I guess I'm ready. Let's go, and, <laughs> right. and then you just go. But right. there are That's some really performers fun. that they've decided are up for that, and some that clearly are not. And you're sort of seeing that, yeah. sadly, yeah. in those um, televised things. Yeah, um, Greece musical. By the way, I was in production of in high school, of which I'm sure everyone remembers. Yeah. <laughs> so of course they do. I was I, I expertly played the role of chorus member. So, <laughs> oh, see, so. handpicked to write you're not, after you're not, that. Yeah, talking to some layman here. I know what I'm talking. About. Um, yeah. So, Robert, anything coming up that uh, people should know about that you're working on? Uh, well, um, after I leave here uh, with um, after uh, Lion and Winter. Uh, Kim and I are going to a small theater in Nantucket on the East Coast to do Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf together. So they'll kill each other on stage. So, <laughs> right. That's yeah. going to happen. So another <laughs> married couple who hate and love each other at the same time. So and I'm really looking forward to tackling that piece. You know, there are some plays that you don't really think much about because you're not the right age for it. You're, not, you're just not there yet in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but George... Uh, I think I'm ready for I'm yeah, ready to oh, yeah. take him on and see how that goes from there um, um, I'm talking I'm in talks now for production of Gypsy in uh, North Carolina and then next week I'll, uh, next year I'll be doing a production of Kiss Me Kate I see, you know I just kind of keep moving and in yeah. between all of that I'm constantly looking for television work and constantly looking for film work I saw this thing uh, Venice the series is that mm-hmm. an ongoing thing or are you still uh, it was up until this last season season okay. 5 was their last, the last season one, Venice okay. the season was developed by it, it was uh, by uh, Crystal Chappelle who was an actress on Guiding Light mm-hmm. and when Guiding Light went off the air in 2009 so this is way ahead of the curve for a web series she decided to take a person she'd been working with mm-hmm and make that sort of the core relationship, sort of if you think about Josh and Reba and Guiding Light, it was mm-hmm. sort of that kind of relationship, um, and built a series around those two, not the two characters, because she changed the names and she changed the vocations and she changed some of the things, but still it was the idea that these two people together, you know. And um, she brought, to get, brought in a bunch of um, fellow soap people, and uh, when we, I think their first season was like six episodes that were like, 12 minutes long or something. Mm-hmm. By the time we finished season five, it was 22 episodes, 30 minutes long, mm-hmm. everybody working under union contracts. And, you know, it was really a joy. It gave me an opportunity to work with friends I hadn't seen in a while. In fact, um, her father, Crystal's father, was played by Jordan Clark, who played my brother on Guiding Light <laughs> for many, many years. And I gave him no end of flack about that because <laughs> I was, uh, my character was an ex uh, relationship with Crystal. Uh, and so that technically made Jordan my father-in-law right. <laughs> right, right. instead of my brother. So that, that I got a lot of mileage out of that. <laughs> Doesn't that happen with, with soaps quite a bit? Or it happened you know, during their heyday when actors would sort of move around between them and play? 
Did yeah, I mean, I played roles on, I also played a role oh, yeah, on Santa Barbara, I played a role on General Hospital, and mm -hmm. I would encounter people, and on Santa Barbara, for instance, I, I, I played the evil husband who was trying to kill uh, Marcy Walker's character, <laughs> and then later, they hired her on Guiding Light to be a love interest for me for a year <laughs> or so, yeah. All right, I just heard an interview with uh, Kevin Bacon uh, talking about being on Guiding Light, and yeah. he was talking about what a great... Well, he and training I, ground that was. He and I have a six degrees. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that his last day on Guiding Light was my first day. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we, we met briefly in the hallway. And it was, of course, way before he was Kevin Bacon. But he was right. shooting his last scenes as Ben something. I think Aww. I remember the character. That's hilarious. Yeah. I that. And I think I might have taken his dressing room, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to find me on social media, I'm on Twitter at am underscore Fitzpatrick. Um, the show is also on iTunes, so please go uh, and give us a rating there or something like that and let us know how we're doing. And you can check out my other podcast, The Best Podcast in the World, also on iTunes. Remember, before you turn off your device, go watch, listen, or read something at battlecreekinquire.com. Mm -hmm.